Once again, we'd like to welcome you to our City Builders online service. It's been great having you here with us the last couple of months for those that have been tuning in regularly and for our regular members and for those that are here for the very first time this morning, a big warm welcome to you. We are living in incredible times on planet Earth and uh, it is really quite amazing that we've been in shutdown uh, now for uh, nearly three months. But this we do know that even though the world looks out of control and there is all sorts of tensions around the globe, we do know this and we do trust that our God is in control. And uh, it would be great if we could just bow our heads this morning and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that you're with us this morning and that you are guiding us through these times, uncertain times, but Lord, your word says that you have given us a future and a hope. Father, this morning we place our trust in you and we look to you for direction and we look to you for answers. And Father, we know and believe, Lord God, that you are the God who answers prayer. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen. Uh, this morning's message is called Times of Transition. And for the last few years, we have been, as a church, in transition. And uh, that has been an amazing season for us as we've come into this building here. And, uh, uh, you know, almost two years of uh, taking these old stables, which were very run down and with a leaky roof and a cobblestone floor. And the building has been totally transformed. So for us, it is a season of, trans uh, of transition. And uh, I actually preached this message uh, at the beginning of that project and talked about how we were in transition as a church. Now it is quite interesting because I believe that the church globally is in transition. This morning I want to give to you a couple of scriptures and the first one is uh, Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18. And it says, without the vision, the people perish. It's well-known scripture. The Amplified Version says actually, without the progressive revelation people dwell carelessly and uh, I really believe this is such a powerful thing because uh, God has uh, God is a God of vision and when we become connected with the God of heaven God puts vision on the inside of us so we are able to have some understanding some insight into the future in Psalm chapter 37, verse 23, the scripture says, The steps of the good, Lord, uh, the good man are ordered by the Lord. And this, is, this gives us the indication that in all our doing and all our forward movement, even though sometimes things don't always go right and sometimes may even seem dramatically wrong, that the Lord is ordering our steps, that he is guiding us. And the scripture goes on to say, though he may fall, the Lord will uphold him in his hand. The third scripture I want to read this morning is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and uh, lean not on your own understanding and he will direct you in your paths. I think, think these are very encouraging scriptures. Now, I believe that the church globally is in what I would call a time of transition. So we're all on the same page this morning. Let me give you a definition. 
Transition means the process or period of changing from one state to another. Similar words uh, or with, with uh, similar meanings, change, move, um, forward movement, a transformation. Another word used in the scripture is metamorphosis in Romans chapter uh, 12 verse 3. Transition could mean a change of job or working remotely in a job as we've some, uh, some of us have discovered during this lockdown time. Many have been working from home and doing their job there, which is a new experience. Transition could mean a change of residence, moving on to another place, another house, into a new abode. It can also mean a change of our environment. It can uh, also speak of a change of season. And uh, I think this is very interesting because you can have sowing season and you can have growing season and you can have harvest season. And these concepts are well known to Christians, well understood. The, the Bible talks about the principle of sowing. And, uh, you know, the scripture encourages in the book of Galatians to keep sowing. And, and don't, uh, do not be weary in doing good, the scripture says, for in season you will reap if you do not give up. And I want to encourage people this morning who may be feeling through this whole uh, episode with the pandemic and global shutdown and economic slowdown, you may feel like giving up. And I want to encourage you, I want to come back to these scriptures that says, uh, says this, without the vision, without the progressive revelation, uh, people will dwell carelessly. And I would totally understand how people can lose their way and lose their sight in a time like this. But the scripture is really uh, like this. It says in the book of Psalms 119 that the word is like a, uh, a, a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. So this is a great thing. So transition can mean all these things. It also can mean a change in position. And uh, I believe that is very much what God is doing with the church, that God is doing something during this time uh, of, of uh, international uncertainty. God is doing a miracle on the inside of the church. So all is not lost because I believe the future of the nation, the health of the church and, uh, and the, uh, the accuracy of the church in the nation has a lot to do with the destiny of the nation. Um, churches that are alive to God, and I believe this one is, and I would add that some churches may not appear to be alive to God, but God is doing something on the inside of the church. Churches that are alive to God will always be transitioning. They will always be changing. They will always be moving from one level to another. Uh, this is the transformational dynamic of the Holy Spirit that is at work on the inside of the church and bringing change individually and corporately. I believe that over the years, especially as we've been working uh, together as a community of faith to get these premises ready for use, that God has been doing something powerful on the inside of our church. 
So I want to say to this, to our community of faith, City Builders Church, City Builders Churches, get ready for the future because this is our time. This is the time that God has prepared us for and I believe that we are ready for this incredible new season and we are ready for this challenging time that God is calling us into. I want to say this to each one of our members and to all those that are connected with us, that if you are looking with the eyes of faith that there are better opportunities ahead and there is a better future for you. I want you to say that on the inside of your heart this morning, that there are better days ahead for me. This is something that I like to say to myself as I pray in the morning. I quote the scripture uh, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 and 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us before the foundation of the world, that we might be holy and blameless before him. Uh, this is a very powerful thing. We need to continually speak over our own lives and confess the reality that we are actually a blessed people. So uh, there are good days ahead. As I said, I shared this message about two years ago, and since then, the change, both internally and externally, has been, I would say, uh, for a smallish church in the country, quite dramatic. Uh, God has brought us from the cave. Uh, we've, uh, over the, since we started as a church, we've uh, met in leased buildings, we've met in a convention centre, we've met in a, in a uh, old warehouse, oh, sorry, a new warehouse that was renovated with a purpose. And now God has given us uh, the, this incredible premises in the middle of the city. I want to say to you, you should not fear this season. Fear doesn't come from God. Fear is not of God. And in fact, the scripture says uh, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of a power and of love and a sound mind. So we need to be careful as we listen to all the news that's coming in that we limit what we're hearing if we can. We need to know what's going on, but we also need to filter what is coming uh, coming in because during times of great crisis and struggle and uh, you know even chaos that has been breaking out in the nations God is doing something deep in the heart of man once again I want to say this is our time you've got to know what time it is spiritually speaking when we started the lockdown, I talked about the, uh, the sons of Isaac in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. It says they had understanding of the times and they knew what to do. And we need to know, spiritually speaking, what time it is. So I want to ask you that this morning, spiritually, what time is it? I've got a couple of words here that may help you this morning. It's time to rise up. It's time to get involved. It's time to move to the front foot. It is not time to retreat. It is, nine, it is time for us to take our place as leaders in the community. It's time for us to do a better job and show more positive leadership in our workplace. 
It is time for us to get involved in helping people find God. It is time to get involved in the building of other, other lives. Last week I spoke about the, the overreaching uh, ministry that we have as a church and, uh, and that is the ministry of reconciliation. So, so, you know, different churches will have a different emphasis and, and uh, a different focus, a different call, uh, and, and that's good. But there is something about this church where, where there's a couple of words we use, and I think they really describe what we are called to do as city builders. Number one is to reach out to our world. Right now, hurting people in our world need to be reached. Right now, the harvest is ripe. Right now, people are open to hear more than they ever have been before. Another word we use is, is, to, uh, is to reconnect. Our job as a church is to reconnect people with God. As it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul gave the instruction to the church and he said, this is, this is the message that we should be giving to people. Be reconciled to God. Now, I don't suggest we say it that way because if we said that to people, they would say, what on earth do you mean? But when we go out into the world, it is like we are a story in itself. And people are reading our lives and we can show them the way to God. So what time is it? It's time to get involved. It's time to, as one of my uh, mentors says, it's time to take over. We've got cities to take and we've got giants to kill. You know, I, I just want to say this this morning that for those that can see with the eyes of faith and the vision of God, you know, the, the eyes of your heart that there is an incredible future ahead. This is not the end. The end is not near. We have got a job to do. We've got to stand up and we've got to finish the assignment that our God in heaven has given us. You know, I, I wanted to say this also this morning, that some of history's greatest leaders rose out of times of incredible limitation, uh, of incredible restriction, incredible restraint, and incredible chaos. And in the Old Testament, uh, two men that I would mention this morning, one, Daniel. Daniel was taken captive into Babylon, yet he was what you would call a non-conformist. He was a countercultural leader who stood against the flow of the nation Babylon and because of his standing up by conviction and for what he believed, do you know what? God raised this man up in the nation. But it was not without a struggle. It was not without strife. I mean, uh, he was... He was uh, thrown into a lion's den, he was cast into a fiery furnace and God delivered him right from that very dark place. I want to encourage you this morning because I am sure that people who would be listening to this message, some of you would either have been through a dark place, maybe are in a dark place right now, or at some stage in the future, you may enter a dark place. I know that that has happened to me on my journey but this I do know, that, the, uh, that there is the Lord who orders our steps. And, you know, if we can trust in him in our times of uncertainty, 
He will look after us. He will bring us to where we need to be. As the scripture says, and I read before, the steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord. God is going to take you to where you need to go. Do you know what? I believe in the call of God over this church and I believe that God is going to continue to raise us up in the community and in the region and even in the nation to complete the assignment that he's given us. And sometimes it comes out of difficulty, it comes out of restraint and uh, you know, it, it, who knows what people are going through. But don't say something's gone wrong. This is just part of the process. The other man, Joseph, as in, in the book of Genesis, the story tells how he had a, a dream of leadership and rulership at age 17. It was a powerful dream. But when he spoke forth his dream, that dream got him in trouble. And, uh, you know, but God was testing him. God was processing him. God was making him ready for his assignment. And we know that he was imprisoned for a crime, he was accused and thrown in prison to die there. But God is able to promote, God is able to elevate, God is able to release us back into the plans and purposes of God. So you may be going through difficult times. And uh, you know, this morning my heart goes out to you, but I want you to know that there is a God in heaven who knew that this day would be here and this day would occur in your life and he has been looking over your life. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb and he has a future for you and he has a plan for you. So we are in times of transition and times like this can be hugely stressful. Uh, maybe that is where all the toilet paper in the nation is going. Most people don't like change. They like to remain comfortable and in control. But probably for the first time in, in, in the lives of many people, the future in this great nation has become uncertain. You know, for those that are in business and uh, for those who, who are really been relying on their business or their job to provide for their family and pay the mortgage. Maybe for the very first time, uh, you know, you feel your life is out of control. I know this, that I, my first job uh, was in the bank, working for a bank, and security for me was very important. But I've learned over the years that there is a God in heaven, and his Old Testament name is Jehovah Jireh, and that means the Lord will provide. He will provide. He will look after his sons. He will look after his daughters. And I want you to know that there is a way through this crisis and there is a better day that is going to emerge in the future. You know, there's a better day that is going to emerge for you. In fact, it will be amazing when you look back, maybe in three or four years' time, and, and uh, you know, if you continue to walk with God and don't give up, if you look back at this time and see what God has done, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to say, surely the Lord has done good things for us. Surely the Lord has done good things for us. And as it says in Psalm 126, uh, about the, the Lord turning the captivity of Zion back, back to Zion, uh, that they will say, surely the Lord has done good things for them. So we're in times of transition. When... 
either God or a leader calls you into transition, it is not always easy. I know that I've been leader of this church into my third decade now. And sometimes you're calling your church forth, you're calling your people forward. And, and you know, they can go, well, here we go again. And it can be a bit like that. But you imagine when Moses, when God began to raise him up and, uh, you know, amongst his people, and he begins to lead the people out of, is- out of Egypt toward their destiny. It is very interesting because God delivered the people of Egypt, if you, from Egypt, with incredible signs and wonders, and he led them through the wilderness with signs and wonders and miracles of provision. But this is what I wanted to say this morning. Not everybody that began the transition entered in. In other words, not everybody who left Egypt entered into the promised land. God had to raise up a new generation who had the spirit of faith and were able to see beyond the problems to enter in and possess the land. And this is what God wants to do during times of transition. This is very important because when God begins to transition a group, a people, sometimes people can get left behind. Listen, our nation is in transition. It's really remarkable because, um, you know, we don't know what it's transitioning to. We don't totally know what the future holds. Uh, we know that what life, the way it was last year, will not be the future. We know that it's going to be different. We have quite a dramatic uh, national debt approaching 80 billion, 800 billion, I believe, and, uh, and our state... Uh, our state debt is staggering. You know, we're all going to have to work to resolve this issue. So there is a transition that is required to solve certain problems. But at the same time, God is raising his church up in the nation to be everything that God has called it to be so that this church and everyone that is connected with us And other churches like this that are spread through the nation will be able to rise in their communities and and bring the answer in that community. I believe the future is incredible, if we can see it that way. This I want you to remember, that the devil is in the disconnect. So we need to be able to stay connected And uh, I'm sure that you will remember that statement for quite some time. The devil is in the disconnected. What do we stay connected with? Let me talk about that. The first thing this morning is that we need to stay on course and stay connected with our prophetic journey. You will find that your life is an unfolding prophetic journey if you walk with God. I certainly know that this is my testimony that Lynn and myself started out early in our marriage finding God and we started to enter a, 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 a prophetic journey. It was like we decided in our hearts that we were going to follow God and we were going to give him the best and we did not know totally what the future held. But do you know what? The steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord and during that time we've made a few blunders and a few mistakes. And you can't go through life without doing that. 
But I am absolutely sure of this, that every day of our life that God has been there, regardless of whether we felt his presence or regardless of whether we even acknowledged his presence, the Lord was surely there guiding us. Just the way he did, guided the uh, Israelites through the wilderness for 40 years with a, uh, a cloud by day and a fire by night. That is how God's led us. You will find, if you stay on course with your prophetic journey, that God will bring you there. Even when I think of this church, it just amazes me how God has brought us here. Uh, over the period of our marriage, many started on the course with us. But as, as I said, not everyone that left Egypt entered into the Canaan land. And we started our journey, our prophetic journey, nearly 41 years ago. And not everybody started that journey has ended it well. And, and you know, I'm really praying that some of those that have uh, fallen aside for whatever reason, that God would begin to turn them back around and bring them back to the foundations. When I started out, I was very passionate. As soon as I discovered that God was real, that was enough for me. I'm that sort of person. I'm either in or out. And uh, I decided very early in the piece that I was going to follow this Jesus. But what I don't want to say this morning is that God gave signs. And you know, we don't serve a God who wants you to be blind. As I said before in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, without the vision, people dwell carelessly. Without that spiritual insight and foresight that God gives you, it was like the minute that God came into my life and the minute that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I could see the future differently. God just opened it up. God has given me literal dreams and prophetic words that are, have pointed us in a direction. And sometimes those dreams and those prophetic words have been like, although it's a dream that comes in the night, or a prophetic word that has come through another person uh, or someone close to us, it's almost like those, uh, you know, those words have come like it has been Jesus speaking to me directly and saying, Brian, come this way. And our relationship with God can be that dynamic. I remember uh, I learned this lesson very early because uh, in the early days of following Christ and in the first few years of our marriage, we were in a church uh, up at Albury, Wodonga, and uh, God began to call us out and, and uh, was bringing us to Gippsland. And I just could not reconcile it in my mind because we loved the place, we loved the church, we loved the pastors, we loved the people, but God was calling us out. Do you know why? He wanted us here. And I remember on the last night that we were in that city, God gave me a dream, and it was a dream with a signpost, and, and it talked about the future to me. It even had a date, and that was the date that I would uh, become a pastor here in this city. And it had a verse, and the verse was 2 Corinthians 2.14. And I wanted to speak it this morning because I believe this is not only a word for me, but it is a word for many people who are listening this morning. But it was like in that dream, God was speaking to me personally. 
And it was almost like he was saying, Brian, read this verse, it's for you. And this is what it says. Now, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. What it was saying to me is that God is leading us in a triumphal procession. And all we have to do is stay connected on our prophetic journey. Stay connected. Don't look to the left or look to the right. If God has called you in a certain direction, follow that dream. Follow that call. Don't give up. Don't become sidetracked because some have. Don't, don't uh, you know, be overtaken by the fears and by the culture of the day. You stay on track and you keep following hard after your God because I, I will say this again. The steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord. Sure as sure God is going to bring you into the fullness of your destiny and that is a place of great blessing. Although at times along the way, uh, you know, you may wonder because we do go through stuff. The vision, it wasn't long after we came into Gippsland that God gave Lynn and myself a very clear vision of these stables. As we visited this place of sale, had never been here and never knew that we would be living here in the future. God clearly showed us this premises and uh, I turned to my wife at the coffee shop across the road and I said, one day, Lynn, there's going to be a church in there. And, and I'll be quite honest, we had a, a, a couple of attempts at fulfilling that uh, vision under our own uh, steam, but the timing was not yet. And it was like God shut it down. And at one stage, I just let the dream die and I thought, well, I'm never going to talk about that again. But out of... A most unusual time. You know, one of the members in our church rose up and captured the vision that I had in my heart and he said, I think we can do that. And all I needed was one person and then it was two people, then it was three people, then it was four people and then everybody caught the vision. And you know, I wanted to say how very proud I am of those people who picked up the vision and everyone who contributed in some way to the building of this house. It is extraordinary. And the point is this morning that our destination will be reached if we don't lose heart, if we don't back away, if we keep pushing in, we will come into our destiny in the perfect timing of God. And on August the 11th, Last year, this building was opened and it was a full house and it, uh, it was a dream that I will uh, hold in my heart until we have that many people here every Sunday. And I will say this to you, that that is not that far away. Number one, stay on course with your prophetic journey. Number two, stay true to divine relationships. Stay true to divine relationships. If anything has saved me and kept me on track and sustained me during the years, it is this point. It is the people that God has connected me with. These are what you call divine relationships. I believe that you can categorize your relationships to a fair degree. There are covenant relationships. There are uh, you know, divine relationships. 
These are like relationships that God has literally blessed you with. And, you know, obviously my marriage is like that. God gave me a wife who has been an incredible partner in ministry and an incredible mother and an incredible leader and mentor in in her own right. This was a divine relationship. These relationships are born of God. And if a relationship is born of God, it's going to last the distance. These relationships can be called covenant relationships. You know, not everybody that comes into a church will feel like that. Some people will come and visit and be part of a work for a season, like we were in our Albury church. We love that church, but God had not called us there for the long term. But, you know, as we've begun to answer the call here in Sale to see this church raised up and to see other churches raised up around us, God has brought the people to us. And these people are uh, amazing gifts of God. And Jesus actually spoke of these kinds of relationship in in the Gospel of John. He said, I don't pray for the world, but I pray to the Father for those that he's given me. And, you know, I want you to know this morning that there are people out there, you might feel alone this morning, but I want you to know this, that God has people that he has ordained that you will walk with for life. And these are precious relationships. And, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate that I have men and women around my life, ministry partners, even uh, want to honour my relationship with uh, Pastor Graham Gunning, who is uh, one of the other pastors in this city, an incredible man of God. And we walk together like brothers. Uh, Also, Bishop Stuart Lawson in this city, absolutely incredible man of God. It is amazing how God gives you men and women that you can stand with because God wants us to walk into our destiny, not on our own, but it is a whole company of people that will enter into destiny. So when Moses left Egypt, uh, it was Joshua who took the company of people into possess the promised land. These relationships are built on honour. I really believe that the honour, the word honour, is the key to unlocking the kingdom around our life. When we begin to see another brother and we don't see that person as competition, But we begin to see him as someone that God has called us to walk with in life. We can have an incredible relationship with people like that. And I've uh, I've really uh, realized that very early on in the piece. And I can tell you this, that I'm married to uh, a most amazing person. And I have an incredible family. And I also have an incredible spiritual family. And I have incredible partners in ministry who are spread out through the nations. And God has brought us together for a purpose. These are fellow city builders and nation builders. I tell you what, when God brings two people together, he brings them together for a purpose. You know, when Lynn and myself got married... We did not really know what the purpose was. But as we walk with God and as we've followed God, we have found out and, and worked out a most incredible people. I want to say this to everyone this morning that is listening. 
you are going to feel a little bit outside of where you should be until you find your people and until you find your tribe and until you find your partners in ministry. This is what unlocks heaven over our life. The, the strength of the church is never any better than the strength of the relationships. The strength of the church is only as strong as the relationships in the core of that church. When the relationships become unbreakable, the church becomes unstoppable. And I will tell you what, in the upper room, God brought those people to a place where the relationships were tight, the relationships were strong, the relationships were together, and they were in one place, and they were in one accord, looking to heaven. A perfect atmosphere and a perfect environment to, for God to pour out his spirit. And this was the birth of the church. To those that are listening, to really understand the kingdom, you must rediscover the mystery of covenant. We can talk more about that another day. Number three this morning, we need to stay in the pursuit of his presence. Moses said in Exodus chapter 33, verse 15, as he was leading his people through the wilderness, he said, if your presence does not go with us, don't make us leave this place. I like the style of leadership because he was dependent totally on the Holy Spirit accompanying him. This is a real key to the future. During this time of lockdown, we've gone through an incredible Passover and Pentecost has been so significant. Uh, the Feast of Pentecost represents the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the upper room. We must continually return to the upper room. Why? Because this is the place where Jesus prophesied his own death when he instituted the Last Supper. And this is the place where God poured out the Holy Spirit. Do you know what? This is such a key to victory in the future. This is such a key to completing our assignment that we are in proper relationship with the ones that God has called us to walk with and that we are in proper relationship with the Holy Spirit. If I had a criticism of the church in the nation, I believe that we have lost ground because we have negotiated on the Holy Spirit. We have made the church for man, but it is only the Holy Spirit who can make the church for God. And during this time, we need to return to the upper room with a passion and a commitment and remain there until he pours out his spirit on us. Now listen, I know that God has already poured out his spirit in different ways in this church. But I also believe during this season that God is going to give us an increase. Amen. God is going to give us an increase. I'll tell you why. We've got a job to do. We've got cities to take and we've got giants to kill. We've got people to reach. We've got to see lives restored. We've got to see marriages put together again. We've got to see people who are oppressed by depression and spiritual problems overcome. We've got a job to do. And we will not be able to do it without the Holy Spirit. 
Do you know what I believe? That in the church, across the nations, in the Western world, people have, have turned their back on, on the truths that the church has established on and they have resorted to other humanistic strategies. And for that reason, we are not seeing lasting change. We are seeing a church that is limited. But God said, through Jesus... He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria. Jesus himself in John 14 said, you will do the works that I did and greater works will you do. It's time to really come back and to pursue his presence and to chase after his presence and to get a fresh touch of God over your life, to have a fresh encounter with Jesus. This is really what is required. Where will you find that? You'll find it in the upper room. Now, I'm speaking about upper room figuratively. Uh, in the morning, our church are gathering on Zoom. Uh, you know, it's just been a remarkable thing. Almost every day this year, we've been gathering together and praying. And it is incredible to see what God is doing in that place, especially with the little children. I want to say this to the church in the nation. You must return to the upper room. That is where the power will be poured out on your life again. Listen, no prayer, no power. We need to return into the presence of God. And we need to be like Moses saying, look, if your present, if your presence is not going with us, we don't want to leave this place. And do you know why a lot of people are stuck in church? Because they haven't received the fullness of his presence into their own lives. But during this time, post-Pentecost, and leading up over this next few months, I believe that God is making a far greater dimension of his spirit available to the church by his grace. Number four this morning... Stay guided by your divine assignment. To our members, I want to say this. We have a unique assignment. We need to be able to describe it. We need to be able to understand it. And we need to be able to capture the spirit of it. You know, many people around the nation have not pushed in to find their assignment. So they've made church their assignment. But let me tell you this. Church is not my assignment, and it is not your assignment. I want to say it differently. The church has an assignment. So as we become part of the body of Christ, we begin to pick up a divine assignment. As we begin to align ourselves with what God is doing in the house, something begins to happen. We must stay guided by our divine assignment. It is an apostolic call to the city, and to the region. It is a call to the ministry of reconciliation. It is a call to reach out, to influence, and to redeem the land. It is a time to take our place in society again and to be salt and light. This is our call. It is a call to restore the desolate heritages and to rebuild if I could read Isaiah chapter 58, verse 12, it says, Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. 
You will be the called the repairer of broken walls and the restorer of streets and dwellings. I want to say this to everyone that's listening this morning. This is the hour. This is the time for the church to arise in the nation. The scripture says in Isaiah 60, Though deep darkness covers the earth, arise, shine, for thy light has come. This is our kind. This is our call. Man, we have got a job to do. Stay guided by your divine assignment. We need to capture the assignment and become possessed with the assignment and love the assignment that God has given us and be complete, uh, com- uh, prepared to go the whole way to see the assignment finished. Do you know what? Jesus was the beginning generation. We are the finishing generation. What Jesus began in, in his homeland, we are finishing in every nation. His kingdom is increasing. His kingdom is advancing. And the job of the church is to push the word and to, and to see that word begin to penetrate into every family, every business, every political arena. And to see this nation come back to God. I want to say this, that it's time. It's time for a breakthrough. It's time for this nation to come back to the God of its fathers. Amen. What an incredible day we live in. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. Church, it is time to rebuild the nation. You will be called repairer of broken walls. You will be called restorer of the streets and dwellings. Number five, stay in harmony with the divine patterns of the house. Each house, each home, each family has a certain culture. Each church, each fellowship of faith, because it is called for a specific purpose, has its own unique DNA. We need to stay in harmony with the divine patterns of the house. In Acts chapter 2, they were in one place. They were in unity. They were in one accord. It was the perfect environment for an outpouring of God. Do you know what? There are things we need to protect in the house. The culture, the speech. We need to keep our speech positive. We need to speak well of one another. We we need to cover one another. We need to protect one another from accusation. These are what we call honourable relationships. You know, when uh, Dr. Jonathan David opened the building on August the 11th, he said one of the things about the City Builders Church, there will be a code of honour that will be recognisable. You know, often when people come into church, there is a clash of patterns. You know, all patterns of speech, all patterns of behaviour need to be put away. You know, sometimes I, I see uh, some of our members saying things on Facebook that use words that I don't believe we should be using, especially when there are younger ones watching out. Keep your speech positive. Please use the Queen's English. The language is very expressive. You don't need to add anything else to it. Let's guard the information highway 
Let's guard our children. Let's guard the next generation. This is where our governments have totally failed to protect the next generation. The only place that you can find protection from the nonsense and the uh, politically correct empowered filth that is coming into the nation is you must find yourself in the house of God. Stay in harmony with the divine patterns of the house. This is what the scripture says. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 and 23, it talks about putting off your old conduct. You know, we need to learn how to do that. Rightio, we're going to the house of the Lord now. We're going to put off our old conduct and we're going to speak differently and we are going to set the example. But you know what? People do that. They put off their old conduct when you, go, when you go to church. But this is what you need to do. You need to put off your old conduct when you leave church and when you enter the workplace. And we need to be different out there because we are called to a transformed life. And the first place that God will turn you upside down and transform you is in the words of your mouth. The scripture says in Ephesians 4.29, it says um, that it says, let no corrupt communication proceed from out of your mouth except what is necessary to edify the believers and to impart grace. You know, speech is very important, so we need to watch that area. You know, uh, I believe this is a mistake in, that is happening in many churches where people in an endeavour to be relative use all sorts of language. No, this is how we be relative. We need to relate to God and reach out to the world. Relate to God and reach out to the world. Draw our patterns of behaviour from above and you'll learn them in the house. You know, this is a house of restoration and rebuilding and it's a great place to be. Ephesians 4.23, put off your old conduct and it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. As you walk with God, God will bring a change in the way that you think. He'll bring a change in what you believe. And it'll affect every part of your life. Number six this morning, stay in the realm of faith. This is what it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And against the rulers of this present darkness. You know, we are in a cultural war. And the spirit realm is speaking every day. Um, you know, our wrestle is not with people. Our wrestle is not with the people at work. Our wrestle is not with our husbands or our wives or our children. We are wrestling at this time with principalities and powers. And here the scripture gives just a few verses below that. It gives a vital key. It says this, above all, that's an incredible introduction to this particular sentence. Above all, take the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. You know, this generation, you and I are just getting bombarded with messages. And this is what the scripture calls the fiery darts of the evil one. Sometimes, this is why we need the spirit of discernment. 
Because not every word that comes through our television set from the ABC or the SBS or anyone else for that matter is the truth. I know that may break your heart, but this is the reality. We are now living in a post-truth era. So we need to be careful what we allow in. Above all, church, take the shield of faith with which you can quench the fiery darts of the evil one. There is an evil one and his fiery darts are coming at us in our thought realm and in our heart. You know, the shield of faith covers our heart and it's talking about our heart. We need to stay in the realm of faith. Sometimes when you've been in the wars, you can lose heart. You can lose faith. And, you know, I want you to know this, that this is not the end of the world. If you stay connected, stay connected, keep on track, stay in harmony with the pattern, stay connected to those relationships that are important. Every one of us in this church and every one of us in life needs someone who can challenge our concepts and ask us the hard questions. Because when we become hurt, due to the battle that we're all in, sometimes we can come into a realm where we're not believing the way that we should. How do I know this? It's happened to me. Not once, but many times. And we've got to come back to God regularly and allow him to restore our soul and bring us back to where we should be. Stay in the realm of faith. Faith sees the future. Faith sees beyond the crisis. Faith sees what other people don't see. Faith comes from the heart. Faith is spoken out through the mouth. See, faith sees. The scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing the voice of God. I believe if you can pick up what I'm saying this morning, that even this message can refresh and restore your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. How, how does that happen? It happens when you pick up your Bible and you begin to say, God, I need you to speak to me. I will guarantee if that's your heart, God will speak to you. Faith comes when you are hearing messages like this that sort of bring an adjustment in your life again. Faith comes when God speaks to you because you've been pursuing him. You know, Abraham believed God, the scripture says, and it was counted to him as righteousness. The scripture says about Abraham that he called those things that be not as though they were. This is what faith does. You know, in times of transition, you've got to check your own heart because the words that come out of your mouth will tell you where your faith is at. And as I said, this is something that we all need to do is like a daily check. Are you in the faith? Or have you sort of begun to believe the lies of the enemy? Have some of the fiery darts got through past the armour and, and stuck on the inside of your heart? You know, in this time, this is such a crazy time in the planet Earth where people can really 
get shipwrecked. This is what 1 John 5.14 says. Now this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Don't give up. Don't disconnect. Don't lose your way in the chaos. Every day, come back to the upper room. Come back this morning in your own heart to the God who created the heavens and the earth. Come back to Jesus. Because I'll tell you what, he will not disappoint you. I believe that what is going to happen right across the nations. Do you know, right in the middle of Minneapolis, you see the reports of the incredible stress and damage on the streets. But in amongst the chaos, there is a move of God. Many, many people are coming to Christ. You know, it really is amazing. I believe in this next 10 years, more people will come to Christ on planet Earth than there has been for the last 2,000 years. This is harvest time. God is transitioning us as a church. God is transitioning you. And globally, God is transitioning the church. The church has been in the cave. The church has been operating under its own energy and its own empowerment. It's like good people management, human management, human resources. But the church that is amusing, um, um, emerging from the lockdown is a different church. It is the church of the living God. It is the church that is connected to Jesus. It is the church that Jesus spoke about to the apostle Peter. And he said, Peter, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Do you know what? We've got to make sure that we're in the right church. We've got to make sure that we are with the right people. We have got to make sure that we are hearing the right message. And we've got to know that we are going in the right direction. This morning I am sending out an invitation to you because I want to introduce you to the captain of this ship. And he is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is calling you this morning. He is calling the nations back. He is calling the church back because the church has become disconnected because it sought human strategies. But this morning, God is calling us back. He's saying, I want my church back. I want my church back. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20, the scripture says, and it's Jesus standing at the door of the church, and he says this. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. As I have overcome and am sat down with my father on the throne, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This morning, God is knocking on the door 
of the church in the nations and he's saying, can I come in? It is amazing that it has come to that. But this morning, God is also doing that to your heart. He is knocking on the door. And he's saying, if you will open the door, I will come in and I'll live on the inside of you. Would you do that this morning? Would you be prepared to really open your heart to Jesus? You might say to yourself, I just don't think I can believe. Listen, don't worry about that. Open the door of your life. Because it is only God on the inside of you who can believe anyway. It is like we are hopeless without him. But the minute that he comes into our life, our life changes. Our future changes. I want to encourage you this morning. There are many people in very difficult circumstances in our own community and in the region around about us. And through the nations, we are seeing chaos. But you know, uh, it's very interesting when they crossed over in the boat from, uh, from one side to the other. There was a storm in the lake and there was Jesus asleep in the bow of the boat. And the disciples said to him, Lord, don't you care that we perish? And his, his answer was, where's your faith? I want to ask you this morning, where is your faith? Where have you placed your faith? Is it in your career? Is it in your friends? Is it in your pastor? Or is it in the Lord Jesus Christ? Because God wants you to come right back to him this morning. Would you pray after me this morning? Firstly, I would like to pray for you. Father, I just thank you for everyone that is tuned in this morning, Lord God. I, I just thank you for the word that you've given us to share. I believe it's such an important message that speaks to the heart of where so many are at, maybe in our own church, but certainly our community and our region and the churches across the land. Father, I just pray, Lord God, that you would open up their vision again this morning. Lord, I pray that you would really touch their heart. I pray, Father, this morning for a special impartation of the spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding in the knowledge of him. In Jesus' name. Would you pray after me this morning? If you'd like to invite Christ into your life for the first time, I would encourage you to pray after me. Please say this. Dear Heavenly Father, I have come to you in prayer asking for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that Jesus is your Son and that he died on the cross at Calvary that I might be forgiven and have eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. Father, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And I ask right now to come into my life and be my personal Lord and Saviour. I repent of my sins and will worship with you all the days of my life. Because your word is truth, I confess with my mouth that I am born again and cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus.
In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I really want to thank you for uh, being part of our service this morning and tuning in. It's just uh, very humbling to be able to bring the word to you. But I do believe from the bottom of my heart that churches like this are the only place in the nations where you will find real answers in these days ahead. God is calling you home. And uh, if you choose to come and visit us here at the stables, uh, in, the, in sale in the heart of Gippsland, what we would say to you is welcome home. But regardless of whether it's this church or a building uh, or a, a Christian community somewhere else in the nations, we would love you uh, to help you find a home. So uh, please introduce yourself to us on our website and God bless you. Have a wonderful week.